Welcome to Wholeness and Holiness Podcast. Here we will deepen your understanding of human and spiritual integration so you can live the life of peace and fulfillment God has for you. I'm your host, Margaret Vasquez. I hold a degree in theology and am a licensed professional clinical counselor and certified trauma therapist. Join me weekly for practical applications of the spiritual life. No part of this audio is to be used as mental health treatment or clinical advice. Please see a licensed mental health professional for personal consultation. Hi, and welcome to Wholeness and Holiness Podcast. I'm your host, Margaret Vasquez, joined with my co-host, Father David Tickerhoof. If you like what we're talking about today, check out our um, website at sacredhearthealingministries.com. There's lots of information up there, coaching, trauma therapy, parish healing missions, human and spiritual integration workshops. And for Father David's book, Evangelizing Catholic Culture, or my books, More Than Words, The Freedom to Thrive After Trauma, or Fearless, Abundant Life Through Infinite Love, go to Amazon and get connected to us. And we would be um, just delighted to communicate with you and see how we can help you further. Father David, so glad to be with you today. Oh, thank you. It's been a while. You've been traveling around the country doing <laughs> speaking and everything. And and it's good to have you back in the home base again. You know? <laughs> it's good to be back. Yeah. It was great though. I loved it. You know, I always, yeah. I love doing those things. So for, um, for our listeners today, we were, we're talking about our identity, our identity. And that's just something that, that we hear so much about in today's culture about our identity and what do people identify as and, and all of that kind of idea. It, and, where we're going to start with our identity is God's goodness and then talk about our identity as his children. But, you know, Father David, this is something that comes up for me regularly, whether I'm talking to people when I'm out speaking or doing coaching or, or as a trauma therapist, and it's certainly been an experience in my own life is that I'm coming to the deeper sense of, of my identity in the Lord and realizing, you know, I think our identity doesn't start with us. Our identity starts with him. It starts with the fact that he's good, because it's one thing to say that we're God's children. If God's evil, or if God's distant, or if God's um, just kind of neutral, you know, but the fact that, that he's good, and not just good, but St. Bonaventure would say, so good that no greater good can be conceived, right? Can, we can't even think of, of, someone in, who has greater goodness than God. He's that good. And that that's really so foundational before we even get to the concept mm -hmm. of who we are as his children is really kind of, I think, breaking apart his goodness, you know? And it's something that I've seen impacts people a lot because so sadly there's, there's so much abuse and, and so many broken homes, whether it's from broken marriages or, or, um, or marriages that ended in divorce or separation. And so people experience a lot of, um, being parented by, by people who of course are broken people, like, like we all have brokenness, but, um, but who've, you know, parented out of, out of their pain and out of their brokenness and, and haven't necessarily reflected God's goodness, you know, in a way that, that is really healing and, and 
forming and, and, and provides that, that secure, stable foundation. So, so I'm thinking we, we can start this by talking about God's goodness a bit. That sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good is good, right? Good, good is good. Good is good. Yeah. You want me to say some things there? Please you? go for it. Okay. I think uh, generally speaking, I think people have a hard time appreciating God's goodness because they basically, they basically look at themselves and, uh, uh, do you hear that? Can you hear that? Okay, good. I'll leave it go. Uh, it's the phone ringing and I don't, I don't, I don't want to reach it and try to turn it off. So anyhow, God, they don't, I think it's really hard because they're so used to looking at the negative features they have because they're the things that really bother them a lot. And as a result of uh, those things bother them, they have a hard time seeing their goodness. They, you know, they don't look at it from God's perspective, the fact that they have been chosen. They had that they have been chosen personally by God, and God wants to first manifest his goodness to them, his mercy, his compassion, his love, and give them the kind of things that's going to be humanly uh, positive in their growth of human and spiritual integration. So goodness is really hard. If you say, you know, you want to well, God is true. They'll say, yeah, right. We got all this doctrine we've got to do and all this stuff that God has showed us and we have to do that. And uh, so that's still a very external and outward thing. But when we talk about God's goodness, it's our relationship with him. And that's primarily an internal thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's something that happens in our heart right. and our relationship with the Lord. So many times when I'm talking to people, it's can here and I know I've experienced the same thing how our our perception of God is so colored by our experience from our parents and that's just so it's so so obvious um you know so obviously goes back to psychological principles of just who we are we come into the world and we're tiny little powerless and helpless and vulnerable and there are these big people who are, who are supposed who are charged with taking care of our physical needs, but they're also from a spiritual perspective charged with imaging God, you know? And so when they have their own personal pain or, or brokenness and, um, and then sometimes even the, the, if there's a rift in the marriage and rift in the relationship of, um, the parents to each other, then, that definitely ends up affecting the child. And because parents, it's not just that parents are meant to image God for us. They do image God for us, you know, and yeah. sometimes that's, that's a pretty poor image. And, yeah. and so whatever, whether it's, you know, a father or a mother who's super critical or super perfectionistic or super needy and clingy, or, um, you know, whatever the case might be, that's, it's so easy for us to experience those things and then to project those things onto God without even realizing that we do it mm -hmm. without even realizing it at all that right. that's that we just kind of take in, you know, we just kind of absorbed this concept that that's how, that's how people who are 
but that's how an all-powerful being is right because when when we're little kids we think our parents are all powerful right we think they're all knowing we think they're all powerful and so we just transfer that onto to god okay he's all knowing and all powerful and so that means he's very critical of me or he's very demanding of me or or whatever and so one of the things that i um i think was inspired to do in my own life many years ago was kind of sitting down and making a list of you know mom is like this, you know, in broken ways, but God is like this, you know, and all parents are a mixed bag, right? There's good and bad, but, but, but the good stuff doesn't wound us. <laughs> we don't have to, we don't have to sort out the good stuff, right? That's true. It's so sitting down and like, okay, the painful ways my mother was and the painful ways my father was, but then, but by contrast, like God is like this and even looking up scriptures to, to kind of bolster up, you know, that, oh yeah, that is how, how God is these, you know, good and patient and merciful and, and wise and always for my good and, and always available, you know, and not just available, but like longing for us to engage with, with him. And I've found, I found it personally to be a really useful kind of little exercise. And it's something that often encourage people to do in, you know, when I'm doing therapy or doing coaching, because it, you can just, you can kind of see how these notions have been absorbed and they just, you know, because we take them in without thinking about them, we operate out of them without thinking about them, you know, and it can sound like something that's so elementary, but just kind of going, wait, time out, (laughs) like time out, like, how am I seeing God? (laughs) Like, huh? Like, where am I getting that idea from? You know? And going, oh, like, yep, that's not anything in the scriptures. That's 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 something that you know, some painful you know experiences I had from one or the other of my parents, and just somehow, without stopping and analyzing it as true or useful or whatever, I just kind of I absorbed it and just translated it over there into my relationship with the Lord. So. It's, I think it's, it's so crucial to stop and go, you know, there was, there was a friend of mine who, um, at one point, you know, as you know, I was away from the church and I was coming back to the church and I was, it was during a time of like deep struggle and, you know, there was a lot of, there was a lot of suffering going on and I was often interpreting the difficulty of situations in terms of God not being for me, you know, or not being good. And even, even without my own realizing it, you know, and this friend would constantly slow me down and, and in the, you know, she would hear it in the middle of the conversation, even if I wouldn't. And she would just patiently say, and God is good, you know, just kind of like, okay, back to square one, like God is good. You know, I'd be (laughs) ranting about whatever the difficulty was or whatever didn't seem like it was working out. And she would just gently say, and God is good. So, which leads you to like reinterpret whatever's going on right we start from a place if he's not good and whatever situation doesn't seem to be working out because it's not working out the way i want it to work out then suddenly everything's bad and i'm on my own and and that kind of idea right i'm left to my own devices and i'm abandoned and whatever rejected and he doesn't care and all of these kind of things but if we start at like he is good then it's like okay wait then 
this doesn't seem like it's working out the way I want it to, but I know he's all wise and I, I know he's, you know, he has something better for me than I'm willing to settle for. And, you know, it just, it, it really affects how we interpret, interpret situations. Yeah. I think that's the, if we start with the external, we've just looked at ourselves and our feelings because I think most people, when they start to think about themselves, they go to the externals in which they failed in or haven't reached or matured in. And so then they're starting with a a focus on themselves and that's not going to lead them because when, when you start like with the focus on God and on his goodness, what happens internally is the operation of grace and the work of the Holy Spirit that is committed to deepening and providing this beautiful relationship of goodness starts to work. But if we're, if we're stuck perfectionistically or externally on us, we, we easily come to the understanding that I have to do it. I've got to do it. I have to make God like me. I have to do these things and do these, make sure I'm good. And 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 then, so we tend to not look at our failures and, and it becomes an external thing that's centered on what we're doing. And that's never going to get us to the heart of the matter. And I think that's what we want to do is we want to get to the heart of the matter so that we don't have to believe that we have to do earn God's love by doing good things and by not doing bad things that we, what we need to get to the point of is, is a kind of, as a flower in the spring, which we're coming into now, the spring, uh, the flower opens to the sun, the beautiful flowers, they start opening to the sun. Well, internally, when we take that approach in our relationship with God, we we are filled with the works of grace and the presence of God's love. And then finally, uh, as our mind is renewed and changed, we come to see internally that God really does love us and that his love is so strong for us. It's not something we have to earn or be good or do. It's good to be good, but it isn't something that is going to make in us in a sense god love us more he loves us more than we can ever hope for or imagine and he wants us to trust in his love when we start to realize that we sort of subtly change and we come to understand god as good and that goodness unfolds into a relationship that is connected in a beautiful way and we experience his compassion and his love in a way that really changes us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one, uh, just kind of a practical human side of things. A, a lot of times I think for us who've grown up in more broken home kind of situations, broken marriages, um, when you have one parent kind of bad mouthing the other, right? to the children or in front of the children, if parents fight or are fighting in front of the children. What I think happens in, in our hearts is if, if dad's saying these things about mom are, are not good and are rejectable and mom's saying the same thing about dad, like he's bad in this way. But as a child, we know that we're kind of, we're half from him and half from her. Right. 
And so if we're like, this part's unacceptable or that part's unacceptable in this person or that person, then, then it's like, we, we can end up kind of also internalizing like half of me is unacceptable. Right. Or if we're getting that from both parents, then it's like, well, if this person's unacceptable who I came from and that person's unacceptable who I came from, we can internalize then, then what does that say about me? Right. Yeah, I'm unacceptable. I'm like I'm bad somehow, right? right. And so it, it reduces in, as say uh, as negative self understanding. That's it, right. It introduces a destructive approach to self worth. Right, right. And so I think I that's know why it's not good. Yeah, and so I think that's it's so crucial to go back and go wait. Like we're God's, we're God's children, and God's good. And so if He's good, the same way as if you know if we take if we're led to take on the notion that dad is bad or mom is bad, then, okay, if that has implications for who I am, it also has implications for who I am, that God is good and that he's my father, because then, then, then I share in that goodness, right? Like I'm made in his image and likeness. And so then, oh, suddenly like, I'm not bad, like at my core, the, who I am, like, I'm not, I'm not bad. Like, you know, so a peacefulness, emerges in the soul in the heart the center of our being and we begin to realize that god really does love us and that certainly we have a a sin nature that needs transformation and repentance but the the moving power is the factor of god's love through the power of his cross and the glory of his resurrection the paschal mystery that that understanding as we get immersed and drawn in to the experience of that relationship that God has with us, he's able to open up our mind and teach us this, the practical, simple factors of how much he loves us and how much he cares for us. Yeah, so just so understanding his goodness doesn't stop there because he's not He's not distant. He's not disconnected from me. Who he is has direct implications for who we are because we're his children, right? And so, you know, I just, I, I, I'm still stuck on the Sunday readings from last Sunday, um, the first Sunday of Lent. And it was, you know, and it starts off in the garden, right? And Satan um, going to, to Eve and saying, did, did God really tell you not to eat from that tree? Because, you know, I think the reason he did is because that tree is just, that has the fruit has so much benefit for you. And if you know, if you eat from that, you're going to be like him and you're going to be able to know what's, you know, what's good and what's bad. And, and so got her to question his goodness, right? Like, is God really for mm-hmm. you? If that's something that's so good and he's going to withhold yeah. it from you, right? I mean, that's exactly questioning his goodness and then we go to with jesus into the you know into the desert and the first two of those three temptations satan starts off with if you are the son of god if you are the son of god right and and satan is god is creator satan is not creative right he does the same daggum stuff over and over again satan is a destroyer and he does the same things over and over again so the same the same tactics every day it's you know questioning God's goodness and questioning doubting, doubting and questioning 
who we are to God and who he is to us, the nature of that relationship. If you yeah. are a daughter of God, if you are a son of God, right? So it's questioning God's goodness and questioning who we are as his children. And when he can get us to do that, anything is possible in a really bad way. Yeah. I think, you know, any of us can fall prey to anything if, if Satan can get at that place of like core fundamental identity. If he can lie to us and get us to believe that it's all about me, we become uh, a, a very self-centered and the darkness obscures the truth. And so rather than becoming free and experiencing joy in living and a joy in who I am and a joy in relating to others, we become really connected. We become disconnected and the darkness overtakes things. Then the anxiety and the fear and the, the broken pieces of our sinfulness dominate our thinking. Yeah, absolutely. You see that you see the problem. Oh yeah, I think self-reliance is like always at the core of anxiety. That's something I've experienced personally and and something I see as a clinician is, you know, I've the Lord told me once at one point in my life he said if you're feeling anxious, you're worshiping at the wrong altar. <laughs> and I knew what he meant was I'm worshiping at the altar of Margaret, right? Instead yeah. of at the altar of God because if it's at his altar then it's like well, my goodness, like he's all good and he's all loving and he's all knowing and he's all wise and he's all present always and longing to be in relationship with me and, you know, going to because the greatest he extent us to be good. Right. And you know, like emptying heaven, right. To like, yeah. to reach, to reach us and to bring us into relationship with him into his life and, and then to in his life for all eternity. Like if that's who I'm relying on, like, why am I anxious? Right. So, yeah. um, so it like really led me to realize it kind of became like that sense of anxiety has become kind of my gut check of, am I relying on God or am I relying on myself? You know, so we're so relying we, on him. My goodness. What is there to worry about? So yeah. then we become very self-centered and we say, well, I have to do this myself. And that, that apple on that tree looks so good and uh, it's good to the eye and it's pleasing. And, you know, uh, God must have deceived me. God really doesn't love me. And, and, and uh, that's what I'm, I'm getting from Satan, the truth. So when you get from Satan, the truth, you're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. And so what's the trouble reaching out and taking the apple and it looks so good. And then taking the bite of it, and at the moment I take the bite of the apple, something inside goes bing, ding, 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 ding. And I know it's not right, but I also, in a sense, I'm feeling very insecure. I better go and get Adam. Adam, taste this apple and see if it's good. And right, he does. Right. And what happens? Right. The sin nature dominates the mm -hmm. personality and the relationship right. and, and then the next time when god comes in the garden the symbol of intimacy and connection where are you where are you they're hiding because then they see their nakedness so you can see the destruction that the the deception of satan brings about when we give in to the darkness of sin mm -hmm. right and so what do we see immediately in that disconnection from themselves the sense of shame, disconnection from each other, right? right? I have to cover my nakedness, my vulnerability. Right. 
disconnection because from God. Because something in a relationship with each other that's not right. Right, and disconnection from God. I'm going to go hide right. from him, right? This is, yeah. And instead yeah. of being wise and getting, uh, knowing that we know the truth between good and evil, but it's the, the kind of knowledge that is is destructive and hinders our relationship with in 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 in, in appreciating the intimacy of his love for us and then being able to look at him with love in our heart because he's good he's good and that goodness just brings about an inner connection of truth and identity and health healthfulness so we become healthy in ourselves and in our relationships, because we're healthy in our relationship to the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, it makes me think of um, the, that knowing our identity in him, it makes me think of, isn't it, um, you can correct my words on this, because you're the Franciscan here, but St. Francis would always pray, Lord, who are you and who am I? Right? And yeah. I think that's it. Like, that's really it. And who we are, who we are in relationship to him, who he is in relationship to us as our father, us to him as his children. I mean, that's, that's really can sound so simplistic, like, oh yeah, we know how to answer that on a, on a quiz or a test, but boy, it's like, it's the, the gap between knowing it in our heads and knowing it in our hearts, you know, mm -hmm. it, it, I was struck at mass. They went to mass this morning and and, you know, of course, every mass we pray the Our Father. And sometimes like when we when we pray that just the first word, the first word, like I get stuck there and I just want to just wish we could like sit down and like meditate for like 15 minutes because <laughs> like I always think, you know, I used to always hear the Our Father, you know, because you're standing there with a group of people. Right. And uh -huh. so it's like, OK, we're gathered together <clears throat> as brothers and sisters and we're praying this. But, you know, what what strikes me is just that word our. Right. Like our like who like who we're praying that with is the lord like so we're as much you know god's children as jesus yeah. is. like it's it was jesus who gave us the lord's prayer and he's saying pray our father our so father you know yeah. relationship and community right so if right you have a, that statement yes <clears throat> right yeah exactly and so if we have a hard time like internalizing that fact like that we're really his sons or really his daughter something I think just really like has touched my heart a lot over the last couple of years is just, <clears throat> just praying, <laughs> praying the our father, but really <laughs> pausing on the first word and just staying with that. And just kind of even imagining like praying yeah. that with Jesus that you're both yeah. saying our <clears throat> father together. Like, yeah. Together connection. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, gee, that's just, that's a different degree of our, <laughs> father than I, you know, than I ever really got before on a gut yeah. level, you know, like, wow. So there's just a, even a subconscious internal soul felt feeling of okayness and uh, protection and right. provision right. and intimacy mm -hmm. and openness being valued and the being cherished value right? and all those things start to come right. forward and that that then all all of a sudden we realize well not all of a sudden but gradually transformed our minds are made new 
and we take on a, a new mind in a new mind in Christ and then our thinking changes and we 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 look and we say oh he really 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 does love us and the moment we say that the gratitude and thankfulness just flows in the midst of insecurity and it melts away yeah. Yeah. ain't that good man that is good and he is good <laughs> And we're even good because we're made in his image and likeness. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even he said so, right? At cre the creation account. I love it. He makes, you know, all the different things and they're good. They're good. They're good. And then man, he's like, and yeah. he's very good. Right. And you can tell when people have grabbed onto that, uh, it, their identity is stronger and they're joyful and life, even they're going through struggles and sometimes painful things. There's a joyfulness in their heart and in their spirit because they're connected to the source of their being and their identity. And then they go through sometimes pretty severe suffering and they're strong in it, even though they feel the pain of it. See, there, there, there's so many implications that flow from the goodness of God. When we grasp that goodness, We've got that diamond, a big, big, huge diamond, and we put it up to the light, and we look at the different facets, and every time we look at a different facet, deeper change comes, a deeper intimacy, a deeper kind of a, a desire to please him and to serve mm -hmm. him, and a desire to really mission this relationship to others and bring it into the life of others. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. Yeah, and I think, uh, to me, the, the words I always go back to are, freedom joy and peace like those are the three the three things i've experienced in in my own life as as those as i've come to to know my identity in him mm -hmm. more there's a freedom there's a comfortableness with being in your own skin yeah. you know because it doesn't really matter like you yeah. know before that you're like oh am i perfect am i not perfect are people gonna see like my my warts and my foibles and and then you're like Pretty soon you're like, no, I'm not perfect, but I'm perfectly yeah. loved and I'm perfectly his. And do I have warts and, and, you know, falling, fallings and failures and all of those things? Yep. I'm a work in progress, but I know that as I'm, I allow myself to be more and more perfectly loved, that yeah. that love is like all powerful and transformative. And so then, then there's an okayness because I'm not relying on me anymore. Yeah. You know. Yeah, we feel and we have a sense of that, uh, you know, I'm a son of I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. You know, there's a security in that. And it's a spiritual thing, but you know, it really resides at the center of our soul. Mm -hmm. yeah. It really is it, it is a part of the, the key of who we are created as a person, a person in relationship a person in communion, a person in mystical union of love with the creator. That brings forth daughterhood and sonship, you know. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, and then the peace that comes from that, because suddenly any kind of anxiety just fails. I mean, it's really that, it really speaks more to that, you know, shalom. You know how the, the word shalom means like wholeness, right? Because you know that's what it's all tending towards and it's not it's not contingent on me to get it there anymore suddenly it's it's god yeah. who's all good and all powerful is is moving in that direction and then 
Um, and then the joy that just comes from that, knowing you can just relax in the process <laughs> and right. of course, cooperating with the process, cooperating yeah. with grace to the best of our ability, but, um, but knowing that he's in charge of the process and it's the Holy spirit. Who's the sanctifier, not me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and then, 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 then the desire in the heart starts to be like, I want to spend time with him. I right. want right. to, I want to grow with him. I, I, I want to serve him and i i want to serve my brothers and sisters because they're experiencing the same truth of god's goodness but we want them to right if they're not right we're like my gosh i want people to know this i want people to be able to sure i know there's people like back stuck where i was and and in the anxiety or in the the conflicted sense of you know identity and whatever and and like gosh we want that for them you know yeah Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's all good That's, stuff. It's good stuff because he's good. It sure <laughs> is. You know, it it's, uh, makes the Christian life joyful. Yeah. You know, it's a happy deal. Blessed are the Blessed. pure of heart, yeah. for they shall see God. Right. <laughs> Why? Because he has revealed his goodness. Amen. Amen. Yeah. It's also Franciscan, right? Just, you know, you know, my love for blessed John Dunn Scotus. So it just makes me think about, makes me think about that, right? God's God, yeah. you know, Jesus would have come regardless of if man had, had sinned to reveal God's goodness, yeah. God's love, right? It's all about Based on that. love. Right. Yeah. Not based on uh, thinking of the up. mind, which is good, <laughs> but the love, the love right. is the key thing. Right. And it's experiential and it's relational. Right. And it's yeah. not based on mopping up our mess. He's he's yeah. the initiator instead. He's not just trying to fix whatever we've busted up, but he's the initiator, you know? It's yeah. him him who wants to spend time with me. And then like once we that pierces our heart, then we want to spend time with him, you know. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> but it's a response because he's the initiator. It's not I'm going and sitting and wondering if God realizes I'm sitting there to to pray, to talk, to listen, yeah. to whatever, you know, instead, like, I know he's sitting in yeah. the chapel right now, you know, I know he's in my heart right now and just waiting for me to just yeah. turn my gaze internally towards him. It's, it's interesting too, how that kind of an experience of God's goodness, uh, you know, cause sometimes people have a hard time with prayer. They, they get distracted all the time and they sit down and all kind of other thoughts come into their mind. But when that experiences at the core of their sitting before the Lord, it sort of pushes out the distractions because the stronger yearning is a desire to be with those we love and those that love us. That's and right. that makes prayer <clears throat> a, a positive thing yeah. and, and the process of transformation. Right. Then prayer becomes not a burden, but it becomes something we really desire to yeah. go to yeah it's responding to love instead of yeah. checking off something on the to-do list yeah you know <coughs> wow thanks thank you for this conversation it's all good stuff it's all yeah. good stuff to be reminded it was good of, so you know? i'm gonna go pray and you can take care of the next <laughs> <laughs> wait i was gonna do that <laughs> i was gonna go pray and let you do the next uh, so um, if our listeners, just a challenge, you know, ask the Lord if there are ways that, that you see him that are, that are less than good, that maybe they were imaged by, 
by painful experiences from mother or father or somebody in authority, just, and then ask him to reveal who he really is. Maybe make a list of those things, pray through them, ask him to, to show you, you know, the, the contrast between what you internalized about who he is and who, and who he really is. If there's a contrast there and ask him to, to reveal himself, who he is to you as father and who you are to him as his child. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. And again, just a reminder, the website is sacredhearthealingministries.com. Be assured of our prayers and may the Lord give you peace. Thank you for joining me for today's show. Please subscribe and share and check us out on wholenessandholiness.com. Follow and like us on social media. And to learn more about Sacred Heart Healing Ministries, please go to sacredhearthealingministries.com.